0: Good morning, everyone. So we're on uh, week four of our uh, sermon series on the power of words. And guess what today's topic is? Gossip. Although I cannot say another word until I acknowledge the hard work and energy that was put into last week's Hallelujah Night. Can we give everyone one more round of applause? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And we need to dismiss the little ones, right? Okay, yeah, let's do that right now. (laughs) Sorry. Little, just preschool and nursery. That's right, that's right. We're out of sorts this morning, aren't we? (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah, where are the little ones? Can they stand real quick? Okay. All right, let's pray for the good. Heavenly Father, thank you for these little ones as they go into preschool and nursery today. God, we just know that you are just gonna have a great revelation for them in Jesus' name amen. All right. So as I was saying, I do want to personally thank everyone that was involved uh, with last night. We had, I don't know how many volunteers. We had quite a few. Um, But I really want to thank Pastor Eddie and Courtney uh, for taking the lead on the whole experience. You know, at the end of the evening, Courtney dared say the words to me, you must be tired. And when I thought about how much Eddie And Courtney had put into the event. Um, I honestly can't believe they're even here this morning and not sleeping. So Eddie, I hope you... Where's Eddie? Is Eddie in here? Well, sleeping. There it is. There it is. Seriously though, everyone who volunteered from the bottom of my heart, thank you for providing a great Christ-centered option for the kids of Williamsburg. Um, So I seriously hope that everyone's been taking the sermon series seriously. Uh, Has everyone been watching their words? This week? Yeah, staying positive. couple of nodding. Yeah, yeah. That's good, mom. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you're not telling any lies this week? No, no. It's great that today is Reformation Day, isn't it? It's the 504th anniversary of a German monk named Martin Luther who nailed 95 complaints against the church. He used his words for something powerful. Uh, And some very good theological things he put, things that included justification through faith, having a Bible in our own language, and the priesthood of all believers. And when Luther was called to testify for his actions, he ended his whole testimony with the words, Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Powerful, powerful words that changed the world forever. And I believe now there's 700 million Christians across the world that share our faith because of him. Uh, Today, again, if you haven't noticed, our topic is going to be gossip. Uh, But I wanted to share a story from my week. Um, A friend of mine is a pastor in Dayton, Ohio. And his church was getting rid of a lot of stuff. And they posted a lot of pictures online showing the stuff that they were getting rid of. And I noticed that a number of those things would be good for a children's event. And I thought, okay, we have a hallelujah night coming up. So did a little quick math. I figured it would be less expensive to rent a trailer, borrow my dad's truck, and drive all the way to Dayton, load up, and bring it all the way back. What could possibly go wrong? Who in their right mind would be up for such a task? You know how much I love road trips. I love a good road. Trip. Ever since college, if there was ever a place to go and someone would say to me, hey, you know, we know you have a car. Uh, can we go? My first question, usually my only question, are you paying for gas? And if the answer was yes, we were there every time. So my son Gino and I, we decided that we were going to make this a guy trip. We were going to drive all the way to Ohio and back in two days. Yeah. Yeah, I was born in Ohio, so I figured it was a great time to, you know, show my son the state that I was born in, I guess. We left when I was four, and, you know, that's about it. (laughs) But we were going to bond, and everything was going to go perfectly well. As long as we could get on the road at 8 a.m. Monday morning, this trip was going to be no problem whatsoever. So we get to the trailer rental place on time, so that we could get on the road and make it to Dayton by 5 o'clock in the afternoon, give or take. And I was greeted by a friend of mine who works there. And he he happens to be a minister in town. And I got out my reservation for my trailer for 8 AM. Had it right there in writing. And my friend pulls up the computer and says, your trailer isn't here. I wasn't happy. Where's my trailer? He said, someone else has it until noon. And I thought about it for a hot second. I said, you realize I have an 8 a.m. reservation? He said, yeah, but our computer is all messed up. It was an awkward conversation. And I don't know what made it worse, his embarrassment or me trying so hard to keep my cool. Because keeping my cool at that moment was not an easy feat. Uh, finally... He told me that my best bet was to drive all the way down to Newport News, a half hour in the wrong direction, thus adding an hour onto my trip. And then I remembered, you know, we've been talking about the power of words, and I'm going to let my words bring life. I kept my mouth shut because I knew someone was watching. And I don't regret keeping my cool. I'm very thankful that they offered me a solution, uh, even if it wasn't ideal. So we got on the road about an hour late, maybe an hour and a half late. We didn't make it to Dayton by 5 PM. No, we were there around 830. Because when we hit West Virginia, our benevolent GPS app on my phone decided to reroute us around, up, down, every which way around a mountain, off the interstate. It was not a fun experience pulling an empty trailer with the truck, hitting potholes. Then we lost the internet. I had no idea where to go. I just decided to go straight. And finally, on our descent down the mountain, we got the internet back, and I yelled at Siri, where am I? Siri answered, you are in Kimberly, West Virginia, population 237. And I was angry. (laughs) And I wanted to say something out loud. I wanted to just let a little bit of aggression out on the world. But why didn't I? Because my son, someone was watching me at that moment. And here we are talking about our words. So I watched my words. And both of those experiences were while I was dealing with people that I knew. And and we did make it back uh, the next night a little later than we anticipated. A whole another story. A few days later, I was doing some home repairs and I found myself at another business in order to get some stuff done. And once again, I was with my son Gino and I found myself at the counter of this business establishment, uh, needing to order a few things. And uh, it's late in the day. It had been a very long day for me. I was tired. And at that exact moment, their computer stopped working. <laughs> and without going into too many details, let's just say I had an opportunity to be angry. And the woman who was helping me, she was just doing her job. And it wasn't her fault as to what was happening. I remember that only a few days prior, um, uh, my, my friend was in a similar spot. I was, in, I, was in a, I was in a similar spot, and I made a decision to keep my cool. And I kept my cool with a perfect stranger. And it was all, when it was all over, she thanked me for my patience and commented, boy, you have a, an interesting last name. And I said, yeah, yeah, it means tax-free city, which is true. And then another lady behind the counter said, you know, I know someone with that last name. and someone who knew my parents. And I thought to myself, you know, if I hadn't kept it together right there, what a horrible impression that would have made for someone who knows my parents, don't you think? people are always watching. Most importantly, God is always watching the way that we use our words. You know, and and I'll tell you a, a, another true story. I was in Spain several years ago, thinking to myself, I'm on the other side of the world, I can do whatever I want. You know, I ran into someone I knew. True story. True, you can't make these things up. It can get back to you, and especially now, that people can video your every move. We had a senator several years ago who thought that he was in a private place. Someone took a video and cost him an election. You you may or may not remember that. Because, you know, one of the biggest lies that we are told and young people are told is is that it doesn't matter what people think of you. You ever hear that? Man, oh man, if you're representing a holy God and his son who came to die for your sins, what makes you think it doesn't matter what people think? It does matter. And I do understand it matters more what God thinks, okay? There are times that I'll stand before man. There's times I will stand before God. But I'm talking about our roles as ambassadors on this earth. And the number one way that we influence how people view us is with our words, things that we say. These past few weeks, we found ourselves dabbling in a very special book of the Old Testament, and it's called Proverbs. And how many people love to spend a lot of time in Proverbs? I know I do. It's a wonderful book. So pop quiz, who wrote Proverbs? Solomon. Who did he write Proverbs to? His son. What was his son's name? Rehoboam. Rehoboam was his son. And Proverbs starts off in chapter 1, verse 8. You don't don't have to flip around. You you can just write down the references today because I'm going to be throwing a few out at you. Proverbs starts off by saying in chapter 1, verse 8, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. And this is a warm and appropriate scene. A father speaking to his son, encouraging him to receive the wisdom of his parents. And it's often the nature of the young to be slow to receive wisdom of the older generation. But Solomon is telling his son, do not be like that. And I'll tell you something else. Both parents are mentioned here because clearly it's the responsible of both parents to pass along wisdom to their children. But Solomon also refers to this kind of wisdom as a garland of grace to your head and a chain to adorn around your neck. It's because receiving this wisdom comes with precious rewards. And Solomon focused so much of this book on what part of your body? The mouth. And we can wonder, why would Solomon, the wisest, richest, most powerful man who ever lived, why would he spend so much time telling his son to watch his words. You know, Jessica, we were talking about it this morning. We were trying to get the percentage of how much of Proverbs is actually about your speech. I mean, 60, 70% of it easily is about watching your words. And Solomon knew that his son Rehoboam would one day be leading God's people. And a very important lesson for that is to watch what you say. And when you think about it, When Solomon's father David was confronted by Nathan with a big sin, David said the man should be punished how many times over? Four times over. And four of his sons died as a result. If David had been slightly more careless and said five times over, Solomon could have been number five. And I believe Solomon knew better than anyone that lives are at stake when idle words are spoken. And some of the most idle words you will ever hear are when you hear or partake in gossip. And gossiping, I mean, we all know what it is, right? It's, it's when two or more people get together and talk about public or private matters or another person or a group. It can be a nasty habit especially when it somehow makes us feel better about ourselves. Could be somewhat addictive in that way. And I love hearing how Noah Webster defined these terms in 1828 when he wrote the dictionary. He defines a gossip as someone who runs from house to house tattling and telling news. An idle tattler. You remember in school when we were told not to be tattletales? I sure do. So I want to take a minute and go through a few Proverbs, um, kind of like Jessica and I did last week. And if you want to write down the scripture reference, that might be easier than just fumbling through your Bible. Um, Proverbs 20, 19 is the first one where it says, the one who reveals secrets is a constant gossip. Avoid someone with a big mouth. You don't want to be a big mouth, do you? According to biblical standards, because according to that, if you gossip, you're a big mouth. Proverbs 11, 12, and 13. Whoever shows contempt for his neighbor lacks sense, but a person with understanding keeps silent. A gossip goes around revealing a secret, but a trustworthy person keeps a confidence. Proverbs sixteen, twenty-eight: A contrary person spreads conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Proverbs 18, 7, and 8. A fool's mouth is his devastation and his lips are a trap for his life. A gossip's words are like choice food that goes down to one's innermost being. And Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three, the one who guards his mouth and tongue keeps himself out of trouble. And I heard a great quote on the subject about gossip this week. And it was, everything that is said must be true. But not everything that is true must be said. And it's not a matter of it not being anyone's business, although I would say that's a pretty good reason. It doesn't edify. It doesn't build anyone up. It doesn't present a loving God to anyone involved, does it? And gossip is a nasty thing, wouldn't you say? I'm going to ask I'm not going to ask, never mind. I'm not going to ask who in here has ever partaken in gossip. not going to ask it. Because last week, we asked who in here has ever told a lie. Every hand went up, no problem, right? Something a little darker about gossip, wouldn't you say? Something a little bit darker about it. And with all the research that I was doing, one person that I was listening to said that gossiping hurts at least three people When it happens, the first person that it hurts when there is gossip, it hurts the subject. It hurts the person that you are talking about. Remember how Proverbs says that gossip separates the best of friends. And and, and I'll say there, there are people who can relate to this. You've lost friends or family members because of gossip. Maybe they heard something about you that they just didn't need to know or it could have been something simple. But that simple fact was nowhere near as important as the betrayal that someone gossiped about you. That hurts when you find out that someone has gossiped about you. Or maybe it was something more serious. You told someone in confidence about a problem you were having, maybe an addiction, I I don't know. But somebody shared something about you, and it got around. And it set you back in your ability to overcome. Maybe you shared a struggle that you were having with someone. You're you're having a struggle in your marriage or something. And the friend you shared it with shared it as a prayer request. And it got around. The next thing you know, your spouse finds out and it just blows up. And you feel the pain of gossip. But I want everyone to know this if you've ever been the subject of gossip and felt the pain, it could always be worse. You could be them. Because number two, gossip also hurts the listener. Proverbs 17.4 says, a wicked person listens to malicious talk. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. And I'm not talking about someone who happened to hear something that they shouldn't have. I'm talking about an active listener, someone hanging on to every word of the speaker. Can't wait to hear what they're going to say next. Someone willfully partaking in gossip. If you happen to be that person who hears something, and maybe you shouldn't have heard it, maybe you should just keep it to yourself. But what you permit, you promote. And if you allow someone to run down your family member or your friend or your acquaintance, you're giving them permission to continue. It's wrong to listen to gossip. And finally, gossip hurts the speaker. Proverbs 25, 9 and 10 says, make your case with your opponent without revealing another's secret. Otherwise, the one who hears will disgrace you, and you'll never live it down. You know, you can spend a lifetime building a good reputation, and suddenly you're gossiping, and you could harm your own reputation beyond repair. And nobody, and I mean nobody, sits and listens to a gossip. And when they're done, you say, man, I want to be just like you someday. Tearing people down. That's just the ticket. Nobody wants to be like that, do they? No way. Do You understand what I'm saying here? What I'm saying is that it harms the reputation of the one speaking. You're listening to gossip, and you suddenly think to yourself, this person is going to talk about someone else this way. What is stopping them from talking about me? A lot of heads nodding. You've thought that before. On top of that, you start thinking, I should really watch what I say in front of this person. They're not trustworthy. It's going to get out there, whatever I say. And I can make the argument that when someone gossips, it says more about the one gossiping and less about the subject. Gossip hurts the person that the subject is about. Gossip hurts the listener, and gossip hurts the speaker and this happens in the world it happens at your place of work it happens in families and guess what it happens in churches i had the same reaction so i've presented all of this to you what's the solution i'll give you mic someday dan but not today What's the solution? Number one, stop gossiping. That's the easy part. There's an old phrase, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's not biblical, but I like it. But it's a good quote when we're talking about gossip. Stop doing it. If it doesn't build up, if it doesn't edify, if you're not out to to help someone, there's no point in ever saying it. And hear my heart. I've had people come to me, Pastor Bill, I need you to keep something in confidence because I, I know someone that's dealing with an issue. You know, that's a humble heart. That's dealing with something head on and truly trying to help someone. And that's a big difference from Pastor Bill. Guess what I heard? And then they laugh. That's gossip. Number two, number one was stop gossiping. Number two was stop gossip. When you hear it, you lovingly say, you know, I'm not sure we should be talking about this. I'm not sure it's our place. Straight up, why are you telling me this? Maybe even challenge each other. Are you telling me this because you think it will help someone? And that might be some healthy conviction that somebody needs to hear. Number three, and this is not the easy part. This is for people that have been the subject of gossip. Forgive those who have gossiped about you. Yes, relationships have been destroyed because of gossip, but the only person who you can control in the entire situation is who? Yourself. If a conversation needs to happen, confront, forgive, correct, and do whatever else is necessary to mend the relationship. There's nothing wrong with that. And gossip has been around for a long, long time. And I think about Solomon sitting down and writing the book of Proverbs. Do you think he was the subject of gossip once or twice? You know how his parents met, do you? Think about it. Think about it. Even the disciples, they were faced with it. Turn with me to 2 Peter 1, verse 16. 2 Peter 1, 16. Remember how a few weeks ago we talked about the transfiguration when Elijah and Moses appeared to Peter, James, and John, and Jesus? Do you think people were ready to believe that right away? You know, I, I, I might not have been so ready. But, when people were calling, but people were calling Peter, James, and John liars. They were slandering them. And, and Peter, in his second epistle, feels the need to address the gossip. Second Peter chapter one, where it says, for we did not follow cleverly contrived myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice, when it came from heaven, while we were with him on the holy mountain. And all I can say to that is, thank you for setting the record straight, Peter. Because people had problems with that. How did Luke go about writing his gospel? Anyone know? Did he do it all from hearsay? Did he just hear, you know, someone said this, someone said that? Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. And I love this about our friend, Dr. Luke. He wasn't interested in rumors or legends. Do you know Luke is the only Gentile to write a book of the Bible? So he better make sure it's good. He better. There's a lot of people that are interested to hear about this guy. Jesus. I don't know. This guy isn't Jewish. I don't know if I want to read this. But Luke's gospel, it's a letter to his friend Theophilus. And he researched and he interviewed, and he went out of his way to make sure that his book was the best witness it could be. And and here's how it starts. Luke chapter 1, verse 1. Many have undertaken to compile a narrative about the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as the original eyewitnesses and servants of the world handed them down to us. So it all seemed good to me, since I have carefully investigated everything from the very first to write to you in an orderly sequence, most honorable Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things about which you have been instructed. Luke had done some homework. Luke had talked to some people. When I read the story about Jesus being 12 years old and being left behind at the temple, I have a feeling Mary told him that story. I have a feeling that the disciples told him these stories. He took the time to make sure that it wasn't just some hearsay and legend. Why was John written? Because of gossip. And John was written decades after Jesus had been resurrected. And a new generation of Christians were coming about. Now, it was easy because Peter, James, John, all those guys, they knew Jesus. Bartholomew talked to some people. Hey, I saw it with my own eyes. It happened. But those guys are gone now. And we have a second generation of people who are teaching, who might have not walked with Jesus face to face. And guess what? People started fudging facts. Maybe Jesus was just a good teacher. Maybe Jesus wasn't the son of God. Maybe, maybe, maybe. You can read those writings. They still exist of people that are trying to change a thing or two about Jesus. And John is living on the island of Patmos where he's a prisoner. And he was probably the last person on earth who could set the record straight and combat that gossip. And he wrote a book to set that record straight, to make sure everyone knew that Matthew, Mark, and Luke were also true. To let people know that this is the God we serve, and the only way to him is through his son, Jesus. John, can you get on the keyboards? It's the most important thing to ever know, and it's the only way to our God to our Heavenly Father. I want us to consider a few things today and not necessarily even about gossip. How, when we conduct ourselves a certain way, what does that say about our witness? What is that? Do people necessarily want to follow us, to follow Jesus when they say, you know, Jesus sounds good, but there's so many of his people. They're They're not like him. That hurts my heart to hear. Or how about when someone is gossiping? It's not Christ-like. Because we are called to build up people. We're called to present a witness. We're called to show people exactly who our God is and who his son is, Jesus Christ. And I can't, say it enough. When Jesus rose from the dead, right before he ascended into heaven, did he say, sit at home and read your Bibles? He said, go. Go. Tell the world who I am. Make disciples of nations. I take his words very seriously when I see that. And it's so much further than renting a trailer. It's our every action. It's our every word and keeping it in check. So we're gonna pray in a minute and I'm gonna say if you have any prayer requests, um, we're gonna have some uh, people down here who would love to pray with you. And um, if you need to talk about this, and I'm not talking about gossiping. I'm saying, hey, I have a problem. Can we pray about this together? we are more than happy to do that with you. So let's stand. Mm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of words, words that build up, words that encourage, words that bring life. And we strive to be more Christ-like. Jesus, the one who watched his words more than anyone. So God, we thank you for the example that we are always given. We thank you for the gift of your son. And we ask that you build us up so that we can present that gospel to those who might not know him. God, you are so good to us. And God, I want to speak a blessing over anyone that's reflecting right now. Might be saying, boy, I, I need to watch my own words. Well, I thank you for your words in Micah that says that you separate us from our sin as far as east from, is from the west. We thank you for those words that you have spoken. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said... Amen.